This is The Tone Control, episode 00005. I would really like to hold that skinny body. I'm Justin Newton. I'm Derek Heideman. Do the we news. Got news. Do the news. <laughs> Take four. <laughs> uh, you want to go with it? I'm going to yeah, go with let's it. Let's do it. Do All it. right. All right. So check it out from guitarnoise.com. Uh, as usual, Fender foldable acoustics. This so looks like hell on your strings. Yeah, I think it looks like <laughs> hell. Period. Um, so there's this whole market of like travel guitars. I never really saw the need because the Martin travel guitar, that's kind of the really popular one, mm-hmm. isn't a ton smaller than uh, a standard acoustic guitar as far as like length goes. I think it's probably yeah. a short scale, but it's still kind of large and, and weird, sh- weirdly shaped. Sure. So I never saw the need for a travel acoustic, but this is the new, what are they calling them? The Voyage Air? Ooh. Uh. A foldable acoustic. So you're hearing me correctly. It folds. Uh, there's a hinge at the neck joint between the, the neck and the body. And it's a dreadnought un- style. Right. So you, so you unscrew it. the strap button and it this hinge loosens and it, the neck folds forward so the fretboard is over the body. Your strings go slack, and the fretboard is over the body, and it fits in this special, uh, super nerdy-looking backpack that says Fender on it and has a weird guitar headstock-shaped pouch on it because it's got to fit in this backpack. So <laughs> I just kind of—I <laughs> think it's a terrible idea. And you know, I, I, I see to kids with—well, I see kids with a, a gig bag backpack on. And they're they're wearing their guitar, and the neck sticks up over their head. Uh, I have one. What's what's wrong with that? Why why would we sacrifice (laughs) a little? uh, Well, basically all of your neck joint resonance and stability. I mean, realistically, an acoustic guitar like it's all like soundboard and and resonating, and this can't be good. Why? Why? So, and then the other thing is, because the strings go slack, I am really not sure what's keeping the strings wrapped around the tuning pegs, because if you've ever broken a string right. in a bridge or anything, you know it tends to come unwound from the peg, and you can typically just kind of pull it off. Right. So, I don't know if you need to be changing you your strings and, and doing them. the old school knot. Yeah, yeah, I hate that, but... Ugh. So they both have, there's two models. They both have a spruce top and quarterson standard X bracing, mahogany back and sides, and a mahogany neck. Uh, it's a 20 fret neck at the body. So mm-hmm. it, as far as like guitars go, it sounds like a pretty run of the mill yeah. combination of woods and features and this and that. But it folds and it just seems like, I don't know. I, I was thinking about this a few days ago and I realized that whenever I'm bringing a guitar somewhere, I never think, man, I wish this thing was more portable. Yeah, or I wish this guitar was smaller because it's not it's not even a thing, I think. And like the the weird part of guitars is that they're long, I think, not not that they're just kind of boxy and square in the case. But Mm. I don't know. It's this backpack it goes in is not much 
<laughs> what is the difference? Yeah, it just has a. Uh, th- this is a a product that is looking for a market. They're trying to invent a market. Stupid. Mm-hmm. So, fired. Don't, don't buy it. Don't buy it. Do you need a more portable guitar? <laughs> Who does? <laughs> Who does? Right in. Who needs a more Not portable I. guitar? Who needs to put their guitar in the overhead compartment? Right, and then I'm thinking like if Wait, you're the kind of fit? person that. Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. Somebody find I know out. guitars in certain gig bags do count as carry-on, so there's that. But anyway. Really? I think if you're the kind of person that really requires a travel-sized guitar, maybe you should like figure out if playing guitar is right for you or if it fits your <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> should you really even be here? What is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with that one. Next! All right, uh, a couple of new Les Pauls from Gibson. Are you familiar with the Les Paul Custom? I'm familiar with the Les Paul Custom. So the Les Paul Custom Light is now a thing. I like the sound. Are of you this. familiar? Yeah. Are you familiar with the Les Paul Access at all? Uh, no. It's a much thinner body than a standard Les Paul. Mm. And I think it's got like a tummy cut and like a contour neck heel and stuff like that. It's supposed to be really nice. Tummy so cut this sounds is a, like a British phrase. <laughs> Everything's just sort of jolly over there. <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> just sword. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, so okay. a, anyway, a light-bodied so, Les Paul. I like it. Les Pauls always feel very heavy to me. That's why I don't like them as well. Yeah, so it looks pretty much like your standard Les Paul Custom. It's only single bound, a top bound. And instead of having two volume, two tone, it's got two volume, master tone, and a mini toggle for a coil tap in the position that would be the bridge tone tone knob, tone right. control. <laughs> <laughs> Drink. Um, <laughs> it only comes in ebony because that's, you know, the black beauty. And the MSRP isn't terrible. It's about twenty five hundred, so I think you can kind of expect the street price to be around two thousand ish, which kind of isn't bad for a Les Paul for for the custom. Yeah, for the the really yeah. good Les Paul. Yep, and and yeah. I bet it plays like a monster. I do like them I bet with it the does. binding, and boy, I bet I oh, would, yeah. I would really love to hold that thin body. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Oh man, I cannot write. I should just type these. Why am I bothering with a pen? I don't know. (laughs) So old-fashioned. It's vintage. Mm -hmm. It's got that great tone. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, gold hardware, uh, block inlays, top bound, Mm. five-ply binding. It looks great. I mean, you know what a Les Paul Custom looks like. It's got that really cool split diamond headstock. So if I was going to buy a Les Paul Custom, it would be between this and probably the Les Paul Custom Classic or Classic Mm -hmm. Custom, whatever they call it, which is a very similar stripped down Les Paul Custom model, a little cheaper. I would like to see a combination of this, the the Custom Light, and the next thing we're about to talk about, bam. Ah, the Les Paul Traditional Pro 2. I love this. I love uh, this. I was wondering how you'd feel about this. It's a Guitar Center exclusive, so there's that. Well, all right. Uh, but so was the Les Paul Traditional Pro 1, the original, which mm-hmm. I actually almost bought. Yeah. Um, I think the price is right on point. I think the previous one was 1700 or 1800 This comes in at 1899 Yep. 
Um, so it's modeled after what I read was like the typical mods, uh, guys who owned Les Pauls in the eighties would do. Hmm. <laughs> so I don't know much about typical mods from the eighties for Les Pauls, but this has just like the, um, traditional pro one, uh, two zebra coil pickups. I love I those for some they? reason. I love the look of this pickup. I, I don't the, know. The, I love yeah. it in a Les Paul or or uh, any Gibson. Basically, just the the plastic, yeah. the two color plastic is just. I don't know. I know They're it's so like cool. it doesn't look as fancy, I guess, but I like oh, it no, better than awesome. the metal finish. Oh, than the covers. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so they're they're these new Super Fifty Seven Bridge pickup, uh, and I'm assuming something very similar for the neck pickup. It's probably uh, the original Fifty Seven, if I had mm-hmm. to guess. Um, so which push, apparently has push. a wider frequency, uh, yeah. wider frequency response. Uh-huh. But yeah, push push pots instead of push pull because that's anyone better. who owns a, a Les Paul with uh, the gold with the gold knobs knows you cannot pull those things up mm-hmm. to save your life. Right, especially not when you need them to. If you're trying to actually do the swap in the middle of a song or something, mm-hmm. let's make this useful. It's a push push pot, just like the the top of your pen. And uh, coil taps, both pickups, and they have a 10 dB active boost, which is uh, adjustable with a trim pot. Very cool. Yeah. And that runs, that's active. I don't know. Did you mention that? So uh, well, it runs. I said yeah, it was an active must. boost. I mean. Okay. Sorry. I, I read the name attention. of it. If that's what you're <laughs> wondering. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's adjustable. So you're, to use that, you will need, you know, a nine volt inside your guitar, mm-hmm. but that's, that's okay. Whatever. I mean, or you can Whatever. take the nine volt out and just just rock and roll like like just a, bypass it. Yeah. yeah. So one of the demos I saw of this thing is the the cool thing about that boost is it acts very much like a boost pedal in that you can just go from just about breaking up to really blowing up your amp right. with just a, a double click or a single click of your single click of your pot of your pot there. I guess it's the bridge um, tone pot position that has that switch in it. It's a cool right? idea. I'd yeah. really like to try it. Mm-hmm. You can get this in a '50s or '60s neck profile, which mm-hmm. is also cool. What's the difference? The, 60s, uh, the '50s neck is much beefier. Oh, okay. So the '60s neck is the the slim taper neck. Mm-hmm. My Les Paul has a '60s neck, and it's it's really thin, mm-hmm. really nice. Cool. But you know, if if you want to play a baseball bat, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. So I love the look of these. Something about I don't know. I I love the the bindings and the the plastic uncovered pickups mm. and i think they look really really cool and i would love I, I i'm annoyed by the thickness of les paul's but i would love the uh them to make a, a light version of this or i could just you know saw the thing in half <laughs> you know laterally i'm pretty sure this is chambered and weight relieved so oh. it'll help a little bit it's probably still coming in at eight pounds though mm. i would guess mm-hmm. it comes in this great wine red color merlot Merlot, yeah. So yep. it's not exactly wine red. It's a different. It also comes well, in this, wine red is the name of their color, so they have to they have to yeah. have a different name. Whatever. They also have it in uh, champagne, which is come on, it's a gold top. Mm-hmm. The white one <laughs> is kind of neat. The white one is much better than it used to be. I don't know if it was this one, like the traditional Pro One or, or another Les Paul model. Mm-hmm. It came in this weird, like white burst. And mm. it's really kind of hard to picture, but it was solid white at the edges and it would kind of fade into a semi-translucent mm. finish. So you could see the wood grain mm-hmm. did not 
look that great. Hmm. <laughs> I was really not into that. Yeah, sounds weird. So anyway, it's a it's a cool guitar, and if you're looking for a Les Paul with some like kind of extra oomph, mm-hmm. the price isn't bad. I mean, I want to check these out. Pretty cool. Next thing, Fender Vintage Modified Amps. The Vintage Modified line is like becoming a real thing. I mean, it's been out for a while, but I have a, a vintage modified bass. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of the vintage modified Squire guitars are surprisingly great, I've heard. Mm. So this is now the uh, Fender Vintage Hot Rod Series Vintage Modified Series Amps. Um, they're... Let's <laughs> <laughs> just add all of Easy these Easy for names. you to say. <laughs> yeah. Quote, the Vintage Modified series takes the time-honored Fender tube amplifier platform and ushers them into the present with updated styling and modifications for the modern player. Well, they look like old silver faces to me. Yeah. They've got a twin reverb, a custom deluxe reverb, and a custom Princeton reverb. So you've kind of got the three levels, you know, the, the Princeton reverb being the smallest and then deluxe in the middle and then the twin reverb blowing your head off. Uh, these mm-hmm. are all based off of the 68 model. So they, uh, the twin reverb and the deluxe reverb have tremolo and reverb on both channels. So you used to have to plug in, you had a normal channel and an effects channel. And they had not only the difference in effects, but they had kind of different tones too. So now you can choose your side and still have the benefit of the effects. Cool. Which is very cool. Mm-hmm. And the custom channel, which I believe is like kind of based on the original uh, unaffected channel has a now modified basement tone. So with any of these amps, you can kind of dial in a little bit of the old basement circuit. Hmm. So they're not cheap. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not, they kind of, they share a name with a line of instruments that are on the kind of budget side, I think. Yeah. But these do not. Um, I think the twin reverb is actually more expensive than the 65 twin reverb reissue, oh, the blackface wow. reissue. I think it's about two thousand bucks, but I, <laughs> I bet it sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Silver and turquoise front panel, aluminum drip edge grill. They look awesome. I mean, yeah. No, they, they look pretty legit. Out. If you saw one of these across the room, you wouldn't know it was a reissue. Yeah, you know, I've been playing with the idea of maybe it's time I look into a new amp, um, which, as you know from the last episode is an endless topic of discussion <laughs> and every week something else is coming out but this is like this twin reverb mm. oh <laughs> i've often thought like maybe a twin reverb is what i want because i know how they sound and i know a ton of guys that i really like their tones uh play twin reverbs right and this is kind of a nice take on it i bet mm-hmm. what's the price so, on the twin reverb here i think about two thousand and that might be msrp mm. it's a lot it's a lot, but a tw- standard twin reverb is not much cheaper, right? I think. Oh, wait, look at this, uh, eighteen hundred. Maybe I was wrong. Ooh, <laughs> and by maybe I mean definitely. <laughs> uh, Eighty-five watts. Yeah. It's... Oh God! How do... <laughs> so much, so much of, so much of the watts. Oh, oh God! So heavy. <laughs> so many watts. So many, so many watts is. Oh, and it's got uh, two 12-inch Celestian G12 V70s. So um, MSRP on these, um, 68 Custom Princeton Reverb, which is the little little 112. Yep. It's 1200 and then the 68 Custom Deluxe Reverb, 1350 Twin Reverb, 1800 So, again, MSRP street price probably be a little lower. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a pretty good deal. It does. I really want to try one out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What do, do you got? Strymon? Is that how you say that? Yep. Strymon releases Big Sky Reverberator. Blom, blom, blom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep, that's the one. So this looks anyway, like a pretty so, sweet pedal. What? Sorry, sorry, what? sorry I heard your dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wearing his collar tonight. I thought it would be better. It was just like. Oh well, he likes to he likes to sleep under my chair when I'm down in the studio. He's here. So, so let's do that guy, again. Yeah. All right. So, so it's the size of the timeline and the Mobius. It's one of their bigger three switch pedals. Uh, we've talked about Starman a ton, I feel like, but come on, they make yep. totally awesome stuff. It's pretty rad. So 12 unique reverb settings, um, that in, some include trace chords, uh, and offer quote unquote background vocal effects. So it'll kind of, that must be what the, they the mean reverb by sound. Like the shimmer setting has a, I, I was watching that video. It has a, hmm. um, like a harmonizer effect to the repeats. They sort of pitch up in harmony yes. as, as it repeats. And it's got one that, um, it's got a swell, which is like an envelope filter kind of thing where it cuts off your initial attack and then the reverb comes through. And then right. it's got some that, um, that seem to respond to the, um, to the decay of your guitar. Like if you stop a chord quickly, it'll swell the reverb after that, but it'll decay normally right. besides. And, um, and then there's a few like sort of infinite kind of building swelling sounds and a, a reverse effect and basically anything you could ever want in, in all of its glorious glory, anything that isn't, uh, a dirty, vintagey sounding reverb. Basically. Yeah, they're they're much more like yeah, much more ambient mm-hmm. kind of spacious sounds. So they've got twelve reverb settings. Each of those twelve has a huge number of presets, and mm-hmm. then from there, you're able to kind of modify and save your own. And the stuff they're using to build these are, is totally great. Uh, they've got this thing called a cab filter switch, which engages a quote unquote sophisticated speaker response curve. If you want to record direct, so you can take mm-hmm. this thing straight in, uh, if to a PA, if you want, which would be really cool too. Hmm. Apparently it sounds really nice. And it's also got some infinite sustain freeze and spillover features. So you can turn the effect off and have your previously affected signal still passing through. Very cool. Very cool. I think the, uh, the freeze thing would be really fun to have. Mm. So you have like a momentary switch. Right. And just an infinite reverb on while the switch is down right then Mm. you lift off the switch and it it decays wow um they've also got i don't know the name of the effect it's that they call it but it's got basically a preverb if if you would forgive the expression is that (laughs) uh, that it'll like delay kind of it'll kind of delay your attack and it'll fade in the reverb and then you'll hear the the strum and the hit oh which hmm. uh, at least that's the demo that I saw. Seems that like that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And well, I guess you'd 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 work out the feel for the timing of it. Does this have tempos too? Yep. I've seen. I got a thing here that says nine hundred thirty milliseconds. So I think you can mm-hmm. dial it exactly how you want. Uh, stereo in and out, of course, because <laughs> come on, obviously MIDI in and out because duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
What is this amateur hour? <laughs> uh, 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 the one problem that I see is that it costs four hundred and seventy nine dollars. Well, <laughs> come on, that's uh, a lot of dollars. But a lot of Strymon pedals are, you know, expensive. But it's a really great piece of gear. So yeah. it's a very, very complicated, uh, well thought out design for such a complicated computer. A computer yeah. that you step on. A digital computer. <laughs> that you step on that is super funny for me and justin yeah if you're in on the joke <laughs> hey everybody all my uh all my guys out there digital computer that you step on tell your ladies <laughs> and if you do know us and don't know what that is let me know yeah <laughs> we'll fill you in <laughs> Oy. okay so by strymon is that how have we decided that's how you say it i'm just no it is you strymon you're good strymon Okay, I'm going to keep asking. I, what do you I've think it should it's be? it's my thing. Stramond. Stramond. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to keep asking. <laughs> like that? I decided it's my thing. I, I don't know how to pronounce Strymon. St- how do you play the song again? <laughs> what key is this in? Okay, what do we got? A couple, couple more quick news. Uh, ready for the quickest one? Pro Guitar Shop has Effectrode tube drives back in stock as of October twenty fourth. Bam, four hundred bucks, three ninety nine. I've got a, I've got a tube drive. It still sounds awesome. I actually used it today on some reamping in the studio. Um, it's outstanding. <laughs> Mission VM Pro buffered volume pedal. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to. I've seen Mission Pedals before and never known that was their name. I've seen this logo around a ton and be like, oh, who oh. makes that? I see them everywhere. Um, yeah, volume pedal with a uh, with a buffer. I've seen so, mods for the Ernie Ball volume pedals that sort of turn them into this, although this mm-hmm. has more options and is probably a bit more overbuilt. Um, huge, you know, hugely beefy chassis. You've got a trim pot for your heel position so that you can precisely make it so that heel position is your clean tone. Like if you're going into an overdriven tube amp or something, um, instead of going all the way to zero active, right, passive, all the way down to mute, right. Active passive switch, um, runs nine to 18 volts has a sparkle switch, which keeps the highs at low volume, which is, I know exactly what they're doing. Cause that's what I put in my volume <laughs> pedals that I made cheaters. Oh, so back up for a sec. That yeah. active passive switch is not an active passive for the pedal. It's a I use active pickups, oh. I use passive pickup switch. Yeah, you're right. That was in specific so it's, me. Right. I just want to make sure it changes what clear. it's so, expecting for impedance and input level. Exactly. So that you don't clip. And it has an an impedance switch on the output that lets you totally screw with your other pedals. I guess the point of that is you could overload a fuzz with it. Yeah, I think so. Or you can have it um, wherever you want in the chain because mm. fuzz can really, it's one of those pedals, especially vintage fuzzes, can really change a lot right. depending on where it is in your signal path, uh, especially before or after volume pedals. So right, right. this way you can kind of get the best of both worlds if you need your single signal path in a certain way, mm-hmm. but you want the tone of the other way, you can just flip this switch one way or the other. Wicked. Yeah. And coming in and it looks like uh coming oh, sorry, in at one eighty nine, it is not a cheap volume pedal, but for people who care about their tone and, and a passive volume pedal that might screw up their tone if it's uh too complicated or built poorly, 
Uh, mm-hmm. That would be a good choice. Comes in black and red. The red looks pretty great. Nice. Very <laughs> um, great. And I believe you can get it in a bundle, which includes some patch cables and things like that. And it runs from 9 to 18 volts, by the way. Mentioned that already. Uh, oh, well, Nice try, fine. punk. Whatever. <laughs> I'll leave it on uh, a nice any big other, break uh, Yeah, leave it on an awkward <laughs> note like that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's just let the awkward of this settle in. Uh, that's what we have for news, because none of you sent in any news items for us. So kind of kind of feels like you guys don't care about us. I think it's more like they don't know about us. You, there, I said it. You t- <laughs> what are you trying to say? Uh. So we're going to have a little chat now, and I'm going to pick from this list of possible chat topics. And we're going to chat about compressors. Yeah. Compressor pedals. So uh, I have never played a compressor pedal. I don't own one. I understand what they do. I can't always hear one, mm. you know, in, if someone is using one, because I don't really know what to listen for. And I feel like it is more of a an effect that I would feel when I play guitar rather than when I listen to guitar. For the most part, so, it definitely is. Yeah. Okay. So let's do the whole thing. So okay. compressors control dynamics. So what they're going to do is there's going to be a, a certain threshold to the compressor. And anytime your level goes over that threshold, it's going to reduce the amount of volume above the threshold. So it sort of squishes right. down your loud notes and then makes up for it on the back end with a gain stage. So let me stop you there. Does the low notes, like the quiet notes, do they get amplified or are they dry and therefore your loud is squished? Do you know what I'm um, saying? That will be decided by like the drive or the level control. Um, you okay. can usually find a spot on the compressor's level control. They're all, I've never seen a compressor without a, an output level, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I shouldn't say that because now I'm going to, I'm going to, there's one <laughs> kind that, that doesn't, but basically compressors can have a number of controls they all have to have these controls and if you see a compressor that only has two knobs instead of like five it's because the other values are fixed or variable mm-hmm. depending on the input which is called very mu um and that's that's the other kind of compressor that i was thinking of where it okay. has sort of different controls but basically you if you set it so that your output is unity there's no increase in volume then your low notes that are below threshold would still, your low volume notes that are below threshold are still going to be the same as if the compressor was off. The gain stage is not adding any gain. So you're only squishing down your loudest notes. But typically when you're using a compressor, what you really want to be doing with it is bringing up your quiet notes. So you add some gain to it, squish down the loud ones so that they're more even with the quiet ones, and it, it levels it out. It could make it so that um, solos could be played more gently and come out more even, something like that. If you're playing chords, um, you'll get a, it'll basically bring up the volume of the sustain while squishing right. I've down seen, the I've attack. heard that example pretty yeah. much the most is that, uh, you know, you hear the pedals referred to as compression sustainers. Right. Also. And sometimes it'll even be labeled that thing. way. Yeah. Like the threshold. Yeah. Some some pedals uh, will have, instead of having like a separate threshold and ratio knobs, which is like how much compression is happening above the threshold, they'll sort of combine that into like a sustain control. So 
as you increase the sustain, the threshold kind of comes down so it's grabbing more notes and it'll mm-hmm. increase the the dramaticness of the compression. It'll increase how much compression is happening, how much it's reducing those loud notes by. And then okay. sometimes you'll have an attack and release controls. These are these are time controls. So how long the, the compressor takes to engage when it detects a loud note and then how long it takes to release once you drop back below the threshold. Fast attack times will even out your signal a lot and they'll be they'll they'll basically do the the thing where your attack is squished down and then you bring out your sustain on a chord as it rings out. If you have a slow attack time, the fast part of the attack, the pick noise will shoot through and then the compressor will grab clamp down on it after that. And so you can get this very like picky kind of sound. If you're plucking mm-hmm. at strings with a slightly slow attack, you'll get this like pop, 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 pop. And then the sustain will kind of be coming in after it, but the pick noise will always be shooting right through. Right, which I've heard a lot in kind of country finger style right. playing. Right, and you can bring out that sort of sound with it. Um, right. And you kind of control your release. Your release time will control kind of how audible the volume changes are is sort of the effect of that. Uh, a slow release time will be less noticeable volume changes. Um, overall, slower, slower, yeah, overall slower release times are going to be less noticeable. And if you have a fast release time, you can make the compressor pump, which is when it's constantly like lowering the volume and then bringing it back up again really fast. Mm-hmm. And so you hear this sort of sag. Um, that's the effect that you're hearing when you listen to like dance or house music. They'll intentionally make the music pump with the oh, bass drum. Got it. Okay. So you, the bass drum will hit, and you'll hear the rest of the music sort of sag to almost getting out of the way of the bass drum. And they'll use that yes. as an effect. So that's called pumping. Okay. And you can make your guitar do was... that too with a fast release hmm. time. Hmm. I didn't realize that was like, would you call that a side effect of compressors? I mean, kind of. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's tough, like it's a side effect because that wasn't what they were designed to sound like. That was sure. what they sounded like when you did it wrong. But then, <laughs> just you know, it's like scratching on a record. It becomes an instrument when somebody figures out right, how to make right. music with it. So, okay, yeah, because I've heard a lot about them, and I'm like, well, I like I said, I still don't really know what I'm hearing. Yeah, someone's like, oh man, they demo these pedals and they say like, this this is totally. Let me dial it in so it's really squishing the hell out of my right. sound. So that and would be, and to me it seems louder, and it does seem more even, but it's still, it's a very like subtle effect. I think mm-hmm. it doesn't register in my mind as an effect. And like when I was learning about guitar equipment, after I was kind of like comfortable in playing guitar, I was kind of getting into gear. Compressors were never a thing that I bothered to learn about or was taught about. Mm-hmm. So, and it's still, I, f- I feel like I'm not the only one out there <laughs> that <laughs> at least as far as guitar pedals go, compressors are kind of like this other thing, right? It's not really something you see on every board. Like you might see Absolutely. a distortion pedal or a delay pedal. Right. I think they're useful. Um, they're useful for a few things. Like if you want to, I think they're least useful for squishing down chords, like getting your attacks and bringing out your sustains. Like most people will be using a distortion or something for that. Um, but if you want that sort of effect where your sustain lasts for a long time, but it isn't distorted, you need a compressor. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. it will lower your volume so you're down below the, the distortion threshold of your signal chain. As your cord rings out, the volume will come back up, sort of leveling that decay out for a long time. Also, if you want to use, if you want to do like a crunch tone that's um, sort of um, slightly distorted, and then play playing single notes or chords with less variation. So when you strike it really hard, it kind of fuzzes out, but when you strike it gently, uh, it's clean. With a compressor, you could even that out so that they're all kind of crunchy. Nothing's too crunchy, mm-hmm. nothing's too clean. You could even them all out that way. And that for that, you'd want sort of, well, almost any compressor could probably do that. There's a few different kinds. Yeah. Like There's faster ones and slower ones, depending on how the circuit is. The one that I have in my chain is an optical, which has a slower time constraint, slower attacks and releases. What ends up happening is it, it kind of... It's less obvious, even less obvious than the um, faster than kind what of. I'm obviously not seeing. Right, like <laughs> it's it's um it's the sort of effect that you really don't you really have to check the light to see that it's on. Um, unless unless you're totally maxing out the controls or something, but it really does just sort of even things out in a gentle way. I came to leave it on a lot of the time, um, Unless I was just playing like wide open chords because it would kind of, I would, I feel like it would kind of tame the sound a little bit. And sometimes I wanted it to be a little more wild, but anything that I was doing with like single notes or, you know, anything that was a quick run or something, the compressor would help me even that out with less effort. For my playing style and for my, my rig, I guess uh, I rely on that dynamic of being able to change my sound by my pick attack a lot yeah and that's like how i've played guitar forever basically yeah and i don't know like this seems like something that would eliminate that if i wanted to but i'm having a hard time thinking at least with my style of music and playing Mm -hmm. why would i want to do that because i can it's not that i can play every note at the exact same velocity and the same sound right but it's the i i like that natural Mm-hmm. give and take with yeah. notes i guess what, i mean i know there's definitely been times where i needed a little something to to bring it up mm-hmm. on, the, on the other side like if it's if i'm not sustaining the way i want to right and um, that's what i would say is like it would be a creative choice you'd you'd say okay for this solo or something uh mm-hmm. i'm gonna use a less distorted tone but i still want a, a long singing sustain that's going to be Got something it. that's really difficult to get, like a, a, a fuzz-like sustain, but a sort of a vintage distortion kind of crunch that isn't totally fuzzed out. That would be impossible right, because, to get without a compressor. Right. So because the way I, that I look at it now, like if I want more sustain, I'm flipping on my booster, mm-hmm. which is adding gain, but it's making it sing for days <laughs> right but it's also driving the rest of your chain and so you're going to get more yeah, distortion yeah. because of it too so um right which i'm not opposed to yeah but it would be <laughs> so the compressor would be sort of for the the times when when you wanted that or i mean maybe you really did just want it to sustain forever and you weren't using a fuzz or something it'd be that sort of deal like mm-hmm. it, it's it's a a fuzz kind of sustain without the distortion. Or if you wanted to it do would something, seem like, something really wild with reverbs or delays, 
and then use something with a slower attack time and let your picking slide through and sure. get okay. get bouncy pongy effects that way. That could be yeah, another so use for it. It seems like the kind of thing that I would almost have to write with mm-hmm. and and kind of learn. I'd have to have one and play yeah. it w- without it and with it a lot and kind of then have it in my mind as like, well, what would this sound like with a compressor and kind of get an idea of that? Cause I know, well, what will this sound like with a chorus pedal? You know what that'll sound like with a chorus pedal right. kind of. So I, I just don't have a good example of that. Like in my mind, as far as like what I can hear, it seems like I said to be something that I would notice more mm-hmm. as I play. Yeah. This um, is the the one I've been hearing a lot about lately, the Deep Six compressor. So this guy has, yeah, this guy's got an output level uh, and a sustain knob, a blend, and then an attack. So it's got probably either it's it's either got a fixed um, release time constraint, or the release time is kind of based on the attack time, or it's based okay. on where you set the sustain. Where it, which is to say, like. The sustain knob is obviously a combined threshold and ratio, so it could also be a, a variable release where if the sustain is turned up a lot, it's going to take longer to release because it's using more compression for each note. Um, the blend is a mix knob, you know, so all the way clockwise would be 100% compressed signal, and anything mm-hmm. else is going to bleed in some of your original unaffected tone, which is a good right. way to do it with compressors. That's a good way to keep your to be able to squish down your dynamics, but still let the uh, attacks from your chords and stuff slide through. Um, I think mm-hmm. that would be nice to have the compressor that I have doesn't have a blend. And I think I would like it even better if it did, it would make it even more transparent and mine is almost invisible already. So it'd be <laughs> one of those things. And then the output level, of course you can, you can have it be a, um, a volume boost or unity, or you could have it get quieter. I don't know why you'd want it to get quieter. That would be a strange, way to set that up so i don't know why i said that (laughs) but you could use it as a volume boost that doesn't increase your distortion in a sense oh i see um because yeah definitely is seeming like something i'd have to get my hands on and play around with yeah and and kind of feel the dynamics more mm-hmm. than maybe I would hear or feel and hear and then understand entirely. Yeah, and really, I bet if I got one, I would play it and be like, oh, duh. Right. <laughs> if you played a couple, you would figure out, like, first you go, is this the sort of thing I would ever, ever turn on? And I think mostly what's going to happen is you're going you're gonna to start in with a compressor and you're going to go, oh, this is actually pretty sweet. Play with it for a while, then turn it off and then go, oh, wait, but my tone breathes so much more without the compressor. And yeah. then, so then you'll, then you'll be stuck. Uh, <laughs> you'll like it, but then you'll like it better when it's off. Uh, yeah. So you, then you, you got to figure out, do you want a fast one or a transparent one? Basically, do you want one that's going to sound like a compressor, get that finger picky kind of nastiness? Or do you want one that's more slow, like a tube kind of optical feel that's much more transparent it doesn't sound like you're using a compressor, but your volume's just more even. I have a feeling you would you would feel better about the other one, the, the second one, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I've just like kind of been seeing online and some of like the Reddit subreddits and for guitars and guitar pedals. People post pictures of their gear and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. fun to look at. And a lot of people have compressors, and I kind of wonder. It's like, did you just buy that because you know that's that's something you buy, or did you <laughs> buy it because like? 
you really need one. And you can kind of tell just by the caliber of the other gear yeah. that maybe they got one not knowing why they needed it or if they do. Uh-huh. So, and I kind of felt like maybe I'm really missing out on this whole compressor thing. Do I need one? And I, mm. I don't know. I, so, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Well, when I get some free time, which will be... I never. Know, never. <laughs> I can try that out. <laughs> People tell me about, the like... Store? <laughs> Where do you get one of those? Um, I've heard some people saying like, oh, this guitar is more naturally compressed than that guitar. And that to me what? sounds like total garbage. Well, okay. No, you could, you could make, um, you could make pickups that had natural compression to them because if you think about it, a pickup is conceptually, it's sort of the same thing as a speaker, just backwards. Right. And mm-hmm. speakers do have a natural compression. There'll be certain ranges of frequencies and volumes and input levels that they'll they'll round off on their own just because of the nature of the wire coils and the cones. And so by the nature of the wire coils and the magnets and the pickups, they will have a tendency to round off certain things depending on how loud it is and um, yeah. and things like that. So with that in mind, is there such a thing as a truly uncompressed guitar sound? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so, see so, what I mean? Okay, like, so <laughs> at first I was going to say, yeah, like an acoustic guitar that you're standing in the room with. Okay. But All right. at the same time, like technically the soundboard and the woods and the bracing and stuff in the guitar is resisting some of the resonance in certain ways, which is technically compression of the, oh, man. of the resonance. So I suppose, no, <laughs> <laughs> this just got really heavy. <laughs> well, that was oh. a, that was a question I was not expecting. Well, anyway. <laughs> so was that a really boring conversation? Not for me. I mean, I needed to know that. <laughs> okay. So, and I liked, I mean, I hope that someone else out there has kind of looked at compressor pedals and been like, why do people buy those? Because yeah. I've, I've thought the very same. The, okay. So the two, like basically the two most different kinds of pedals, compressor pedals. Like there's going to be variations, but basically the Walrus Audio one that you pointed to is the kind with more controls. It's got an attack control uh, so you can change the behavior of the compressor, not just the not just the volumes that it's dealing with, but also the behavior of it time-wise with that attack control. Mm-hmm. The other kind of compressor usually only has two knobs. You'll have like a sustain or whatever you want to call it, and then you're your volume control, your level control. And these ones are going to be all variable. Certain parts of them are going to be set as fixed values, fixed time constraints and stuff. But mostly what's going to happen is wherever you set that sustain knob is just the amount of compression you're using. And if it's a lot, it's going to be grabbing more notes and squishing them more and adding more gain on the back end. If you set it very light, it's going to be grabbing very few and doing very little. And the attack times, the release times are going to be slower when it's doing more damage basically and faster when it's just barely grabbing the tops of the notes Hmm. um and then your level control is like the output stage so you can get you can add a lot of extra noise and hiss with a compressor pedal too that's the other (laughs) thing um with either of these types of compressors but interesting well yeah moral of the story just try them (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you see one with a lot of controls uh it means 
you can probably make it sound transparent depending on how you set it, but you can also make it go crazy uh, and get right. weird, weird picking where it's like kind of altering the the curve of the attack and release of your guitar and making it pump and do strange things like that. And if you see one with only one or two controls, it's probably going to be more transparent. It's going to be less audible that it's a compression effect. You'll be still be able to get a lot of squish out of it, but even when there's a lot of squish, you're not going to hear it pumping so much. Sure. So fewer <laughs> artifacts, but perhaps <clears throat> you can't actually do the chicken picking thing like the, you know, what am I trying to Man, say? that's something else I wish I could do. Pick a chicken? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good. That, okay. that was good. That was good. I mean, that's compression. Is that super boring? I mean, if it's super boring, then I'm sorry. If it's super boring, but... <laughs> write in and tell us. That, well, if it's okay. super boring, you need to be telling us what the hell to talk yeah, about. Honestly, write in with some geez, questions. guys. I mean. Give us anything. Sheesh. Hit us at, uh, what is it? Tonecontrolshow at gmail.com. That's the one. Yeah. Tonecontrolshow.com. Yeah. Go to the website. Yeah. Check it out. We post all kinds of cool stuffs. We do. I posted a cool thing today, if you guys haven't seen it. Today as in whenever today is. Monday the 11th. Monday the 11th, the day we're recording. Of, of November. Now yes. we're going to give away how long it takes me to edit these damn things. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so, everybody check out Tonecontrolshow.com for all the things we post in between the shows that don't make it onto the show. And the show notes and all the links to the stuff that we talked about, like Fender's foldable acoustics. The two new Gibson Les Pauls, the Les Paul Custom Light, and the traditional Pro 2. Fender's new vintage modified amps. The Strymon Big Sky Reverberator. Pro Guitar Shop has tube drives in. And the new Mission VM Pro buffered volume pedal. Oh, hit us up on Twitter at JN Tracks, that guy. At DL Heideman, <laughs> that guy. Hey. hey. <laughs> All right, so you want to hear the, uh, the, the few yeah, I have? Yeah, I know the one I, are, I already know the one I want. Everything is just sort of jolly over there. No, no, it's, it was the other one. The um, I would really like to hold that skinny body. Yes. <laughs> That's the best one, right? Isn't it? Well, I also have blom, blom, blom. <laughs> you want to do them both? And pick a chicken? <laughs> uh. But pick, pick a chicken... We gotta we gotta use that at some point because that's a great like guitarist joke I think that no one has hit yet. Pick a chicken. <laughs> How do you pick a chicken? <laughs> How do you turn a phrase? <laughs>